Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Dungeons and Dragons. Usually there's a bit of a previously on part here. Not in this episode because there were some audio issues with the last episode. If you haven't listened to episode seven, um, it's just a, a rundown of what you missed. Uh, in that last episode, there's some good points in there. So if you want to go back and have a quick listen, if you have, we are a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. So there's four of us, myself, your dungeon master, Russ Moore, uh, my wife, Amy Moore, who plays Thea Amastasia, Tom Laird is Flint Firebeard, and Carla Johnson plays Nulara Moonbrook. And we together create this story and this world that we are going through right now and bringing you along with us. So again, if you haven't listened to episode seven, maybe do that before you carry on. Otherwise, we are in the midst of an ogre battle. So here's the theme music. So you are on your way to Little Rock when you ran into a group of dwarves who had under their control a prisoner of the of the cultist group. Yes, you remember this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. And then uh, you discussed with them and you got some information from her. Yes, you remember that? Yes, yes. Not a lot of information, if I remember no. correctly, though. And then I think we sold her back to the ogres, didn't we? Like oh, yeah, we the, just rented her time. Or the dwarves, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you rented her time. Uh, you, you do remember which information she gave you, though, yes? I'm, I'm looking at you, but I'm asking to the group. Of course. Uh, Narenvir the Green has stolen his mask and gone into hiding in the Misty Forest. Yes. And we are thinking that we can get him on our side to help fight against the Cult of the Dragons. Exactly. That, our, that was our goal, right? We're like, hey, this guy obviously is Whatever defecting. Whatever you guys want to do, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to remember if, our, mm-hmm. if that was the strategy we had. Or did, we talk, did we not talk about that? And now that's just my strategy. Your strategy is to get everybody onto your side so you can become the queen of the dragons? I never said that. <laughs> I like this twist. Now we want to run the dragon cult. Mm. Ah, yes. Oh, yeah. This can't go wrong at all. <laughs> but first we should kill these ogres and then go save Little Rock. Let's kick some ass. Yes, so we left off and some of the dwarves were struck quickly by a boulder and you guys all dodged out of the way and you were being rushed by four ogres. Bring it, bitches. We're rolling for initiative. Sure. Oh, God. <laughs> 17. Uh, <laughs> Whoa, how many for me. dice was that? I was I dumping know. my dice bag out. 
I see. Yeah. Don't worry, you're fine. It just sounds like the kind of roll that usually happens when I take damage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a 13. 15. Okay, so Flint is up first. Oh, excellent. So at this point, they are, uh, yeah, they're about 20 to uh, 30 paces out from you, so they're all within range to start moving and and bashing some skulls. Well, that sounds like a good plan. Moving, shaking, lemonade making. Well, there's Precisely. the name of the uh, there's the name of the episode, <laughs> <laughs> and we can cut it there, guys. All right, all right, good work, good work. I like okay. it when we get these things out of the way early. It takes the yeah. pressure off. Now it we really know does. the theme. Yeah. Now I don't have right. to say um, anything funny for the rest of the time. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> Mission accomplished. All right, I'm going to uh, rush over to this half ogre that I've uh, affectionately dubbed Number One. Good, good. His name is Harold. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah. He has a name. And I will uh, I will attack him with my sweet, sweet great axe. Uh, so that is a 22, but not critical, obviously. That will hit him, yes. Excellent. Uh, six and seven is 13, and four is 17 damage. Boom. And with, a, with attack number two, I will continue attacking him. Didn't see that one coming, did you? That was a, <laughs> that was a twist. Uh, 21 this time, but again, not critical. Uh, 21 still hits, yep. Thank God for the plus bonuses. Yeah, you guys have awesome bonuses. Mine are all real shit. Whoa, 12 damage on the first D12, and then 10 on the second, so 22 and 4 is 26 damage. Aw, yeah. Uh, well, that's demoralizing for Harold. (laughs) Harold feels real bad about himself now. Harold is bloodied, and he's not feeling too great about himself, but it's Thea's turn, so she can just try and, you know, stroke his ego a little bit. Okay, sure. I'm going to kind of, like, rush into the middle of the action, and I'm going to um, do some magic. I'm going to magic it up, uh, and I'm going to produce flame. Oh, shit. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. No, I'm not. You did it. It's no, five. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you roll on the screen now is canon. It shouldn't be. I don't even think those are the dice I'm supposed to roll. Well. Damage says it's 2d8. So that's what it rolled. Well, yeah, but I do better. Uh, Okay. I do better than the machine. Obviously. Five on the first, three on the sexy, eight. Uh, Which guy are you going for? Oh, sorry. This dude right here. Ah. Um, Which I'm going to name Stinky. Stinky. Yeah. Well, that's probably fine. The the one that's right in front of me. Okay. Eight damage to Stinky. Which is not as uh, impressive as the 40-some-odd damage that that Flint dealt, but I still feel... Thea feels pretty good about herself. You you do you, Thea. I will. Uh, it is Baron's turn. Is carrying a heavy crossbow, and he shoots at uh, the one... The ogre between the two that you are currently engaged with. Um, and he rolls a critical... Critical 20. Yeah. A natural Whoa. 20. Whoa! Baron, right. already way Baron. more useful than Larry. <laughs> yeah. Well, Larry never... Larry admitted that he, he was... He was a lover, not a fighter. Know, he was. He admitted that he was. He had his flaws. Do you have something you need to tell us about something that happened on the boat, Thea? No! <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Mm-hmm. He's a lover, hey? Mm. Um, and with that, he gets 18 damage with his crossbow. <laughs> To nice. the ogre, will dub Stumpy. 
So we've got Harold, Stinky, and Stumpy. Harold, <laughs> Stinky, and Stumpy. Seems like Harold drew the long straw so far. <laughs> well, he is, he's clearly the leader of the group, being that he has the best name. Um, and it's new Lara's turn. All right. Well, I rolled an amazing four with a plus nine, so that's 13. Anything? Uh, 13 hits, yeah. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> These guys are naked, aren't they? Like, well, anything will pretty much hit them. They're, oh, they're so they have natural armor, but they don't have any mail or anything on. Nope. Well, then, it's. I feel like it's been so long since I got to use my sword. Oh, muy caliente, to be assumed. My sword's on fire. <laughs> uh, so that is a four plus one plus six, so 11 damage. Who are you going for? Oh, I should tell you who I'm attacking. Might be helpful. <laughs> uh, whoever has not been attacked yet. How about that? Old blue there. Oh, blue. You're my boy, Blue. Blue. I got there before you did. How dare you? I'm sorry. So attack number two. Oh, God, it's on the floor. Oh, what is happening over there? I glass breaking. So that was also a four, but that worked last time because it's a 13. So unless he got tougher, which he didn't. Did not. (laughs) Uh, Seven, two, plus six. So 15 damage on that one. Now I just need to uh, just make my way over to my die so I can see what Donnie gets up to. Awkwardly walking. There we go. Oh, Donnie rolled a 14. So that's a 17. Yeah, Donnie. Yeah. All right. Uh, Five damage. And then the ogre needs to do a constitution saving throw. Sure. Make sure I write down all your damage here because I get yelled at if I don't. Uh, Constitution saving throw for an ogre. Uh, That is an 18. Yeah, he's probably fine. Donnie is pretty small. He did his best, guys. Five damage is pretty good for him. That's solid. Uh, It is the ogre's turn. Harold leads off uh, and he's going to attack Flint with his great club. Oh, it's a great club. It is a great club. I love it. The music's so good there. Uh, He (laughs) rolls a 17 against your AC there, Flint. I don't believe that that hits. Uh, It does not. Okay, good. Uh, Oh, wait, 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 wait. We're now going under the rule that if it's a tie, it does hit, correct? It goes goes to the attacker, yeah. Yes, then it does hit me. Ooh. Hey, way to follow the rules. Well, I have 18 against slashing, but since he's got a club, that is bludgeoning damage. That is certainly bludgeoning damage. And uh, that is nine damage to you, sir. Yeah, all right. Stumpy, he is angry with Balrin, but Thea is in his way. So he's going to charge forward mm-hmm. and swing his great club at Thea. And she's going to duck? Um, well, that's a 22 against your AC. Oh, she doesn't duck. Unless you've got something that says you can. Nope. Nope. Okay, good. <laughs> I take it. Eight damage to you. Stinky comes over and is going to attack Baron. He moves over here. Uh, Baron gets hit. Twelve damage to Baron. Jesus. And old blue there. He's going for New Lara. That's a twenty-one. Not critical. Against your AC. Well, that'll do it. That is seven damage to you. Boo. And we'll go back to Flint. The dwarves that you were dealing with 
they have uh, turned tail and fled after they got hit by the boulder. Um, so you are now under the possession of the cultist. So we have to fight uh, and babysit at the same time. Chila Flegsteel, yes. Oh, damn it. Yeah. She tied up? I can't remember. Uh, well, she was in shackles, yes. Shackles. That'd yeah. Be good. Um, so she, yeah, she is, you know, kind of off to the side, but she is still um, with your group. Uh, back to Flint. All right. Um, I wonder if it's uh, when it's um, New Laura's turn, if she should maybe send Donnie over there to uh, keep watch on our prisoner. This is a good idea. You can tell Donnie to do stuff too. Well, yeah, but I mean, he's got to go through me and. The uh, then it gets to you and Donnie. So do it. Do what you do. What you got to do there, bud. I just don't want to overstep. It's not my pseudo dragon. All right. Um, I will continue attacking Harold, who is blood bloodied, if I remember correctly. Uh, yeah, he's bloodied. He's not. He, he's excellent. You, you took a chunk out of him. And here comes another one. A twenty-three on uh, the attack roll. Mm-hmm. That'll be good. 11, and 10 is 21, and 4 is 25. 25 damage? Man, good damage rolls here so far. Woo-hoo. Yep. Woo. Okay. Is he still uh, still uh, breathing? He's, he's still breathing, yeah. not. It's pretty labored breathing, but oh, he's sorry, still breathing. Ignore it. I ignore that. Just trying to look at my shit. What's happening? Sorry, guys. Nothing is happening. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Amy's practicing her rolls. <laughs> oh, okay. Perfect. Uh, so it's a 12 and 7, so 19 on that attack roll, mm-hmm, which I'm still thinking good. should... Okay. Uh, 12. Holy crap, 12. Woo! Jesus. So that's 28 Flint. more damage. Uh, yeah, that 28 damage is enough to... Uh, Explode to him? Murder <laughs> him and his whole family. Kill him. And in fact, you know, uh, yeah. You've you've removed an appendage. You can tell me where you hit him, and that appendage is now no longer there. Uh, shoulder slash arm. <laughs> good, good. Figured you'd want that mounted above your mantle at home. Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, and now it is Thea's turn. All right, the last one didn't go very well, so Thea is going to call upon the spell of Moonbeam. So a radiant light comes down about a five-foot radius around Stinky. Uh, and he received... You're stinky or Stumpy? Stumpy's the one who's actually engaged in oh, combat stu- with Oh, that's Stumpy? Oh, right. Stinky ran past me. Yes. Yeah. No, Stumpy. Because he had it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to get 2d10 damage. Nine. And that is all? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's all. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Do there need to be more? No. Do I need to do more than call down the, the power of the moon? No, you're good. You just... Is that not enough for you? Know, like, keeping on. I know, I know we're, like, in the middle of a fight here, guys. I just can't help but think, like, I'm going to pull out an accent for Theo when she finally talks. I'm going to do it. You, you talk bu- all the time. I, d- I talk all the time. Well, you talk as your character all the time, but you haven't actually given her a character no, voice. that's what I'm thinking. I think I might just jump into it. Episode 8. Episode 8. <laughs> Thea, Thea gets comfortable enough with her, with her battling buddies to reveal what her true voice sounds like. I like it. Mm. I'm looking forward to it. I like it, it too. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure what it's going to be like, though, so might might morph. It's going to be a surprise for everyone. <laughs> yes. Especially me. Uh, Baron is in uh, attack mode with uh, with Stinky there. And that is a 16 versus Stinky's AC, which he uses his mace on uh, and gives him eight damage. And now it's New Lara's turn. Sweet. 
Uh, 12, so 21. Yep. And that will be 8. Oh, this is, this is going much better. 13, 17 damage on that yeah. one. Oh, also, I say, Donnie, make sure you look at that prisoner. She's all shackled up, though. Right? Like, yeah, she's shackled up, but I'll go over there. <laughs> yeah, Donnie's got his watchful eyes on her. Uh, second roll, critical fail. Oh, critical fail. <laughs> <laughs> I like the delay. <laughs> <laughs> How far away is the prisoner? Can Donnie uh, come and try and give this guy a little chomp while still uh, keeping his eyes on her? Uh, well, yeah, she's kind of, she's a little ways away, but. I guess it depends when you wanted to send him over there. He could do his attack first and then go. Well, what if, yeah, what if he chomped her and then took off? Okay. Quick chomp. He got a 20, not critical. Um, And that is six damage. And then Mm. that uh, saving throw for the ogre. You with your saving throw. Uh, That is a 14. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay, good. Now, some ogre's turns. Uh, Stumpy swings the old great club at Thea there. Ooh, that's not really good. Oh. <laughs> uh, ten. Against your AC. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we're good. Oh, I thought you meant it wasn't good for me. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, I'm losing track of names. The other guy who's fighting Balrin. Uh, stinky. Stinky. <laughs> stinky. Uh, he uh, swings at Balrin and hits him. Quite handily with his great club for 13 damage. So Baron is down to uh, 31 hit points for those keeping track at home. And Old Blue swings at New Lara and misses probably because that's only a 10. Perfect. And back to Flint. Um. Uh, I guess I will attack the guy that is uh, currently trying to wail on Thea. Appreciated. Uh, 22, but not critical, of course. Yep, that hit. Uh, six. And two, but I get to re-roll that damage roll, because it's one or two I get to re-roll. And a four, so that's much better. Ten and four is 14. I guess I will attack him again if he's still standing. Still standing. He's bloodied now, though. Excellent. Uh, That is a 24. Okay. Should have no issues there. Six. Nope, sorry. Nine. It was upside down. And eight, 17, and four is 21. Uh, 21 uh, takes Stumpy out of the running. He is dead. Oh, yeah. Flint. And Thea, your turn. I'm going to turn around... I'm going to come over to Stinky, and I'm going to poison spray him. So he gets 2d12 poison damage, but he needs to make a constitution saving throw. I can't remember why. Probably to take half damage. Well, it's that, or it's something about the lasting effects of the poison. Okay, you. I'll roll my constitution. You can look it up. Okay. Uh, that is a 13. And fail. Fantastic. Well, then you really have to look at it. I do. I will to see what happens. You extend your hand toward the creature. You can see within range and project a puff of noxious gas from your palm. The creature must must succeed on a constitution saving throw or take 2d12. Okay, so I guess it's you take it or you don't? Probably. Okay, well, I'm glad you take it. (laughs) Two. Good. 
One. Yes, you take all that that three damage. That <laughs> three poison damage. Okay. He just kind of shakes it off and clears his nose, but he's doing okay. I flip him the middle finger. It seems seems appropriate. Uh, Balren's turn. He misses with his mace. So he he's a little concerned about the poison in the air, obviously. Uh, Nulara. Don't put that on me. <laughs> Nulara, your turn. He doesn't know yet. He doesn't trust you. He doesn't know what excellent magic skills you have. Uh, natural 20. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, you get double damage. Oh, good, because I just rolled a one. Uh, six plus two, so eight, so 16 damage then. You roll roll your damage. No, no, you roll, get to roll, roll your twice. damage. So double the amount of, yeah, not just double, but you roll the dice twice. Okay, so eight on the first one, and then, uh, 16, so that's better. So 24 total. It's much better. That's that worked out way better. <laughs> there you go. Uh, second attack is a two, so it'll be an 11. Uh, 11, yeah, 11 works out for you. Jeez, I love how, how weak these gigantic, strong creatures are. Big, stupid, weak creatures. Yeah. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, that is 12 damage. And 12 is enough to uh, finish him off. Um, so Old Blue falls, and it is uh, Stinky's turn. And he kind of looks around and sees that all his his ogre pals have, have fallen. And he actually charges for... Um, Sheila Flig, Flagsteel, who is the cultist you are in, in, uh, in possession of. Um, he runs, barrels through Baron, knocking him down, um, runs toward her, uh, picks her up, and, um, uh, breaks her neck. D- does Donnie do nothing? Well, it's not Donnie's turn. I guess, I guess Donnie does get <laughs> a turn. He's like, he's like right there. Sure, Donnie can take a turn while it's he's true. doing while this he, is happening. Back. And he didn't, he didn't before, so it's it's legit. Yeah. It's legit. Uh, so that's an eighteen, so twenty one. But he rolls, uh, but that's four damage. Okay. Uh, unless somehow you do that constitution saving throw, and he paralyzes this ogre because that would be dope. <laughs> it's a fifteen. I don't believe you. No, that w- that will not do it. Boo. It is not dope. Uh, so Donnie does uh, take a, a bite or a sting at him, trying to stop him and paralyze him, um, but it doesn't work, and he still manages to get to uh, to Chila, and he breaks her neck, and she doesn't seem to put up a fight at this. Mm, uh, you think? Yeah. Okay. And then he turns and starts to run. 
uh, back towards you guys. So he's kind of over here at this point-ish, um, but he's making his way back towards you guys in a furious rage, and it's Flint's turn. Well then, I will uh, uh, attack him, because I think I'm close enough if I am understanding the, the grid system here correctly. Uh, so that's 17. 17 is good, yep. Yeah. Uh, 11. And 7 is 18. And 4 is 22. 22 damage, okay. Uh, so he is bloodied now. Excellent. Uh, and that's a 23, so again, should have no problem there. 4. And 12 is 16. And 4 is 20. He's still alive, but he's really he's clearly not doing well. Um, so it is Thea's turn. All right, I'm going to get my oath bow, and I say the the words that I say. The mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's like swift death, death to my enemy to or something who, like that. To those who have wronged me, swift. There we go. Yes, swift death to you who have wronged me. Um, so I have so it's three d six piercing damage, uh, and I have plus two advantage. To roll. But I'm also going to cast Searing Smite. That's going to add 1d6 fire damage to my melee weapon. Ooh, except this isn't a melee weapon. So I'm lighting the arrow on fire. And I am shooting it at the ogre. Mm, all right. Okay, sure. Yeah, I can yeah. do that. I'm lo- yeah. <laughs> looking at Russ. He's, he's thinking about it. Yeah. 12. Yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry you missed entirely. Uh, yeah. Wouldn't be okay, the first time. So I'm going to do it's three d six piercing and one d six fire. Five, six, seven. That's five. So that's twelve piercing damage and three fire damage. Fifteen uh, damage. Yeah, he goes down with a a screaming bellow, um, and he is dead. You have pierced through. Something very important. Um, <laughs> although not super important. Like important enough that it would it would kill him, mm-hmm. but not a lot because I mean you just you, you just hit him. Um, but yeah, like you, you nicked an artery, an un, an unknown ogre artery, mm. and he is the, it's in the inner thigh area if yeah. you guys want to know. Yeah. It's a very tender area yeah. for ogres. Yeah. Um, and he goes down. Um, and your ogres have been defeated. I want to cheer, but that chick is dead. Yeah. And I don't know if that's probably an important thing. So was she even going to say anything? Is she just willingly got her neck snapped? Yeah, she wasn't giving us a lot of info when we talked to her before. Mm-hmm. Saves you having to uh, tie her up and throw her in a river, Thea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a lot of work. Nobody appreciates it. So what do you guys want to do? We're going to keep going to Little Rock and save... Uh, what's yeah. his name? Bahrain? Barren, Barney Rubble. <laughs> keep, keep going. I want to see where this goes. <laughs> Banana Republic. It starts with the B A. You had it right with Barren. B A Baracus. Yep. You're good. Yeah. Like she, she, you got it right, and then you just kept going. Wait, no, did you say B A Baracus? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. He wants to join our team. But he's already on the A-team. You are still um, about a half day, day's um, ride out because you've got your, your carriage and horses, of course. And Baron and uh, Sasha 
mentioned to you um, that she, uh, Chila Flegsteel, the, the cultist who is now deceased, kind of looked familiar. They weren't sure when they originally um, came into contact with her, but she kind of looked familiar from their town. Um, and you guys carry on, um, unless you want to discuss anything further, uh, you make it to Little Rock without, uh, without anything really, anything else important happening. And you make it to Little Rock and it looks, uh, around kind of evening time and it looks very quiet. From a distance, there doesn't appear to be any cultists in the streets that you can tell. Doesn't appear to be anybody moving um, throughout the city. All the the buildings appear to be quite boarded up and um, quite dark as the sun is setting over the city. Well, I guess we should ask uh, Baron and Sasha if they know of any like strongholds or buildings that maybe the cult had taken over when they came in? He says, uh, yeah, no, we didn't have any, like there's the, we had a vault in our, in our town bank, but I mean, there's no, no real armory point. We uh, it was just simple sheriff's office, but I mean, nothing, no, no castles or turrets or anything like that. We're just a small, small trade town. Uh, do they want to go see their families or... You know, they've just come home, right? So do they, we should like maybe hole up for the night or because mm-hmm. it's nighttime. What do you think? Or do we want to sneak around in the dark of night like cat burglars? I vote to be a cat burglar. I mean, I love a good sneak. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sneaking Bowering it is. Yeah, uh, confirms that skulk. it would probably be a good idea if we, you know, snuck around and saw what we could see before anybody potentially woke up. So you guys, uh, you leave uh, leave the horses, take the horses? Um, we would probably be less noisy if we left the horses. These horses are no cat burglars. I mean, they're, they're <laughs> These pretty... These horses are no cats. We'll like... see how your stealth checks go, but I mean, they could be pretty sly horses. Um, yeah, we should probably stash the carriage and horses somewhere that I assume Bahrain would have, like, you know, some kind of... Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a forested area uh, where you guys currently are that you could um, leave them. Um, that's that's a bit off the way, and they wouldn't be seen um, directly from the road from anybody passing by. So you could do that. Yep. Okay, that's a good idea. You do that, and then you make your way into town, um, and it's eerily quiet. Um, the sun has uh, just about set as you kind of make your way in there. All the windows have been boarded up with wood and planks and plywood and that sort of thing. And other types of wood. And other types of wood. (laughs) Various types of arbor uh, are are holding things. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) More? Tell me more. I would like to also know more. Um, What what kinds of wood? uh, There's some soft woods, some hard woods. Some cherry uh, in there. Some cherry, some cedar. Uh, yeah, agree? shut up. <laughs> now, if they remove some of that wood, will they find old shiplat underneath? Perhaps. <laughs> you could refinish that. It'd be real nice. Very clearly, everything has been been covered up. With wood. With, oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to cut out the amount of times I say wood, and then you're just going to no. seem like a jerk. For no, saying. Leave it all Don't in. Don't do that. And, uh... 
Uh, let the listeners that. figure it, out a jerk for themselves. Yeah, and it looks and it, through the streets, it looks like the city has been like looted and torn up. But it seems odd to you that it would have been abandoned as well as you know, as well as all the buildings being barricaded up. Well, the people must be there, right? Otherwise, we would have seen them on the road to Luskin. You would think they would have been. You know, if they were like refugees, they would have been going somewhere. So they're either all dead or hopefully not that one. They're just hiding out. Well, let's let them hide. It's better we see no one as we sneak around than, you know, have to have an encounter before we need to. Sure. Um, Baron says we could go to to our house or what was our house and just see. If there's anybody, anybody there. Now, was your guys' house in the middle of the street? Was it Maxwell House? Was it where <laughs> friends, friends like to meet? Their house? It's a very, very, that very fine Tom's house. That was Tom's fault. Anyway, let's go to... <laughs> uh, sure, let's go to their house, because at least they'll know, like, how to sneak in, or they can, if their family is there, they can be like, be cool. So they don't start screaming or something. You know, it seems like a reasonable starting place. For mm-hmm. sure. You make your way through uh, the town and they live um, on the um, the north end of the city. Um, and you get to the house and it is, it is uh, like all the shutters and doors are closed and everything is drawn. But um, it doesn't appear that this house and the house in the surrounding area um, have been equally as fortified. Do you guys want to make a perception check? Seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, Twelve for me. Fourteen. You go up to the windows and doors and you listen and you kind of look through where you can. Mine's an eleven. Even still. Okay. Um, it's pretty clear to you that there's nobody at this house. And even the kind of the neighboring houses, it's pretty clear that this area, at least, um, has been left vacant. And Baron actually goes up to the to the rear door and goes in slowly. And it this house appears to be empty. Well, shit. Um, he says, but that that could be good. We could see who comes out first in the morning, if there are cultists in the city or if um, perhaps... Somebody else is left in the town. Thea, can you do like an arcana check or like some kind of detect magic or something? Because mm. it seems like spookily empty. So what's what's going on? Can we check that? I can't. I don't have those skills. Mm. <laughs> I Some, cannot. Somebody's more than welcome to give it a give it a whirl. Fifteen. There doesn't appear to be anything magically done to any of the houses in the vicinity that you can you can detect. Okay. No, nothing magical going on in in your immediate area. Sorry, Thea. Uh, well, we're already in our cat burglar suits. You guys want to steal some shit? Or... <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, Baron. To- just kidding. You know I'm always down for looting. Just kidding. Wasn't, wasn't all the action happening in the uh, the mines? Isn't that where everyone was? The dwarves, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that seems reasonable. If there's nobody here, maybe that's where they're hiding or, I don't know, let's go check that out. It's the only other um, 
like location that we know about. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sasha says that she's going to stay behind in the house, but Baron says that that he will uh, lead you to the mines. Um, so you guys go back through the city. The mines are a bit to the south of the city. As you are going through the city, you want to make a per- another perception check? Ooh, 17. I also got a 17. I got a 21. You what? are going... I'm very perceptive. You're going back through the city, kind of cutting through some back streets, and you notice kind of a flicker of movement in one of the buildings that you're passing through the center of town. Let's go check it out, guys. That's that's not my accent. Let's check it out. How do you want to go about checking it out? Try the front door. We will sneakily <laughs> walk towards where we saw something. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw it through a window. Uh, see yeah, through a kind of a, a break in some of the slats. In that shiplap. That sweet, sweet arbor. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of wood is this one made out of? Mahogany. Oh, it's nice. Quite house nice. smell of leather-bound books. Uh, no, no, that's the house next door. Oh, okay. Yeah. They can't all ha- they can't have all the things in one house, obviously. Um, should I perhaps change my shape and like I don't know, become like a little bug or lizard that can slide through the slat in the wood and just see what I see from the inside. See if it's worth us like busting down the door. Because if everything's boarded up, I assume the doors are all locked. Like- well, we certainly can't sneak in through all the boarded up everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, why don't you do that? Maybe your uh, accent will come to you. <laughs> You'll s- start speaking parcel tongue or something. Ooh. I don't know if that's an accent so much as like a whole other. Oh, I thought you were oh. going to make up a whole language for your character. Is that oh. not? No, that's no. not what's going to happen. <laughs> no. That's what I was expecting too. <laughs> you guys wouldn't understand it. It'd be very confusing. That's true. Confusing. That's true. Good okay. point. Um, so I am going to I'm going to change into some mouse. Crawl up the side. Put my little mousey head through. Hello again, it's me, your Dungeon Master, Russ Moore. This is episode 8 of Dungeons and Dragons, this one titled, Movin', Shakin', Lemonade Makin'. This episode, I mostly want to send out my sincere thanks to everyone downloading the show and following us on Twitter. We've seen some fantastic growth over the last couple weeks, and I'm sure I can speak for Amy, Carla, and Tom when I say that we are humbled and amazed that people are actually interested in hearing the story we're making. I don't have much feedback this week, so I'll leave it to simmer and carry over to the next episode. Tell your friends that they can find us at dumbdragons.com. All of our social media and email links are listed there. But that's all I have for you right now. Episode 9 will be coming out uh, March 29th. Sheesh. Been a busy month for episodes. I guess I gotta get back to editing here. You have an amazing couple of weeks. I can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, Back to the episode. Let's find out where those people at. Um, one thing we've never we never talked about, I don't think, um, as far as when you change shape. Um, when you change shape, do you do your clothes change with you, or do your clothes shed from you? Uh, it depends. I usually choose to have my clothes change with so, me, um, so. and I believe that that is an option. It's, it's one. Me. It's one that you kind of pick. So you either do or you don't. 
Um, well, I want to see. Like, because I don't have heavy armor or anything. So I think when I change into wild shape, um, I can stay in a beast shape for a number of hours if I want to. Okay, when you are transformed, the following rules apply. My game stats are replaced by the stats of the beast, but I keep all my personality alignment, intelligent, charisma, wisdom, blah, 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 blah. My transform, I assume they're hit dice. I can't cast spells, and I do not have the ability to speak. You choose whether your equipment falls to the ground in your space, merges in your new form, or is worn by it. Mm-hmm. So worn equipment functions as normal, but the DM decides whether it is practical for the new form to wear a piece of equipment based on the creature's shape, size. So, like, I probably wouldn't be carrying around my oath bow as a mouse. Probably not. <laughs> so likely you keep all your clothes and stuff, but maybe your weapon. Mm, your equipment fall doesn't away. change size or shape to match the new form, and any equipment that the new form can't wear must either fall to the ground or merge with it. Equipment that merges with the form has no effect until... So that's essentially like absorbing all of my my stuff. I can't use it. But if I were like to change into a monkey who had opposable or like had sure. like fingers and stuff, I could throw a spear, say. Sure. Yep. So when I change... Let's just assume anytime I change into something that's really small, I'm just merging all of my stuff so that it just kind of stays with me and nothing can be used until... Like what's a mouse going to do with, you know... Yeah, that's fair. Yep. With a crossbow. Well, I was just looking for, you know, sweet no clothes gags when you change out oh, in the of middle course. of a, in the middle of a crowded room. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I just wanted to make sure. Wanted to make sure. Fia's got some class. Okay. Just checking. Dash. Uh so you change down into a mouse. I, I say a quippy line like see on the other side. Is that your uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm gonna try it out. Uh, that's good. <laughs> it's that or it's southern. I really have a very limited vocal. It's fine. That's good. I like it. I don't know if if the the elf should be southern. I feel like this frisky kind of voice, like that kind of fits with your... um, My overt sexuality toward any new male member we ever see. You're very... Male member. Yep. You're you're very comfortable with your sexuality, so maybe you're a little bit saucy. All right. You say your quippy line and you change down into a mouse and then you climb up in through uh, the break. Yeah, just, just enough to poke my little mouse head. Like, I'm shaking my little mouse tail on the other sure. side, just kind of. Um, so you look in, um, and as your eyes are adjusting, you see. The mouse. As your eyes are adjusting to your new form, you see huddled in the center of uh, the room that you that you go into a large group of what look like um, commoners from the village. They're all huddled um, close together. And they um, they appear to be just trying to remain very quiet and very still. There's women, there's children, there's men, um, all huddled in this room that you can see. What else do I see in the room? Do I have to make a perception? Uh, no, it is um, very uh, scantily furnished. It looks like the room has been picked over, uh, so there aren't many. There aren't anything hanging on the walls. It doesn't look like there's very much of value in the room itself. Um, you don't see any captors or anything like that. Um, so they are alone in this room, um, just trying to remain very, very quiet. Okay. I scamper back out and resume my normal form. And tell anybody anything? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Character knowledge, player knowledge. Oh, uh, right. 
guys, there's like a whole bunch of people in there, scared looking. <laughs> we should help them. Baron takes charge and he goes up and... Yeah, he should. He knows all these people. Well, yeah, but he doesn't know what's going on since he's left. He's been gone for quite a while. Um, uh, he goes up and hammers on the door quite loudly. It <laughs> seems like a mistake. I put my hand on his arm like I feel his muscle a little bit. And I say, shh, they're scared. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, <clears throat> um, hello? It's it's me, uh, Baron? Uh, <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a little unsure of his own name there. He's a, is, who's in there? I brought some some people to help. And you hear some stirring from inside um, and some of the stuff barricading the door being pulled away a little bit. And two males um, and an older lady um, open the door, quickly usher you in, a barn first, and then allow the three of you in as well. So you get into the room and Baron and the older lady are having a bit of a, a discussion um, as to where he's been and how long he's been gone. Um, and you hear them talking about where the cultists are. And the older lady says, They, they were here for quite a while, dearie. They took a lot of our, our finery and treasures, but they, they brought with them some, something evil. I don't think they knew they had it among them when they came, but I do believe they've left it here. I don't know what it is. People started to go missing. First, some of their own, and then our people, too. Women, children, and men, all going missing, disappearing. So, after the cult group left, we decided to barricade ourselves up. And since we did that, the disappearances have been less but still occur. At night, we still hear a weird howling and something prowling through the streets. It makes us fear leaving this house. Well, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. I'm not um, entirely Byron sure. says... Baron turns to you and he says, I, I know that you come to fight the cultists, but it, I mean, it appears the, the battle with the cultists has moved on. Are you willing to, to help, help us figure out what's going on here? I'm on board. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Let's kill this evil thing. He asked the old lady, when was the last time that they heard anything from this creature? Or what exactly happened the last time that it was, you know, somebody went missing. Um, and she says that it was last night. We heard it walking through the streets. We didn't see, see its shape. It is a hooded figure. The last time somebody went missing, uh, two, two nights now, two, two or three nights now, somebody went missing. Um, and it took a whole family, whatever it was, um, but left uh, left one one girl, and she ushers over to the girl that was left behind. But she claims she saw nothing of the sort. Did your family just disappear then? 
You didn't see a creature, but where did your family go? I say to the small girl with the high-pitched voice. Um, well, <laughs> golly gee willikers. I don't No, that's not it. Isn't it? No. Golly gee willikers. <laughs> this is Dick Grayson yeah, from Batman. Yeah, sounded more like the old lady, I would have guessed. Oh, okay, then. <laughs> um, she says, um... I I heard um my my family fight back and then it was then it was quiet. Um I don't know if whatever it was knew that I was there or not. I just I stayed quiet in my room um and and waited till morning um when when people people came looking for us. I I really didn't see it sound sounded um fast because my my father did not put up as much of a fight as I thought he would have. It sounds like it surprised him almost. And this was from your house? Uh, I'm wondering, are people getting taken from their houses, from the street? This was in my house, yeah. yeah. Um, the older lady says that at first, uh, people started disappearing in the streets. The cultists disappeared from the streets. Oh. And then it started to move into people's residences. Uh, did you hear it make any sounds? Like, does it sound like an animal? I, I didn't hear any animals. It sounded like it was walking on two feet. Like it was even sounded like it was very heavy, heavy footed, but no, no noticeable larger footprints have been, have been left anywhere. I don't know if it was, I, I don't know what it could be. It just sounded like it was perhaps a human, but much, much larger. Hmm. Should we go outside and wait for it? I don't know what else we would do. <laughs> I have the urge to wait in the street. I'm thinking we should uh, just set up like a bonfire. Yeah, in like a town square and like draw this thing out. Yeah, we want to pick a, a good uh, location where we can keep an eye on things. Or, you know, maybe classic... Uh, police show style where a couple of us can be up high with our bows ready, watching people down low, you know, like we're going to trap it. Sure. Baron says, um, well, the town square would probably be the best spot for that. It's the most open. I'm sure there seems to be enough wood here that you could light something on fire. <laughs> so much wood. <laughs> Yeah, but what kind of wood? Thea doesn't care. Would you want something that burns quickly, or would you want something that has like a longer burn to it? I'm sure we could figure something out. Anyway, um, and there are uh, you know points on the roof you could set up an archer. Plenty of places to hide in in shops and stores. So if it sounds really heavy footed and it is all in black and it has a hood, I'm thinking like wraith. But wouldn't that be more like silent? I think that would be silent. Yeah. It's probably but some deadly. scary creature we've never seen before. I don't know. I oh, said I Wraith. So. I said Wraith, and, and Russ went like his face went weird. I didn't. Oh, weird. I made no, no, no weird. No, that's that's just because he's really scared of wraiths. It yeah. was just be, yeah. He made a silent but deadly joke. Yeah, that's he was very proud of himself. <laughs> it's just a big fart in a cloak. Yeah, I say we. Uh, I say we do okay, this, guys. Let's do it. Um, let's kill a mystery monster. Thea, do you want to be up on a? Nope. 
New Lara, do you want to be? <laughs> nope. See, this is how <laughs> how detached I am. Um, do you want to be up on a roof with your bow, ready to strike? Uh, I think she's sure. better served down with me. Her sword does a lot of damage. Okay, I yeah, will go like up because I, I can hit with magic probably from a rooftop. Yeah, and you, um, although I'm not sure, but I think you are have less hit points and you're not as good at like weaponing, but you're sweet with the magic. I don't know. My magic didn't do very well last time. Um, actually, I have all my hit points back because if it took us a half a day yeah. to get to get back, I meditate for four hours instead of sleeping to regain all my strength. So I don't know about anybody else, but. So, yeah, half a day. Yeah, you, you've probably all had equivalent of a. Of a rest. Of a, of a long rest. Yeah. So, but hit points or not, I've got my oath bow, which I can like light on fire and shit. So yeah. I will. And Baron's got that crossbow. Yep. So do we want to like, if you're in the middle of the, I'll be on one side of the square up top and Baron will be on the other side up top, maybe. That we've got two different shooting angles. I think maybe if you guys stay on the same side, somewhat close to one another, because if somehow you guys get ambushed, mm. it'd be nice to have some support. Fair enough. Yes, agreed. Plus, if it is actually the square, like there is, you know, roads going kind of perpendicular through it, we can't watch all of those escape routes with just two people. We don't have. So you guys stay together to try to not get snatched. We'll go down below to try to not get snatched, and we'll uh, draw out this uh, mystery disappearing monster. Let's do it. Did we all jump together and high five like I imagined in my head? Freeze frame, yeah, totally. That's what I imagined as well, so yes. You go and you set up a large burn pile, yes, Mm -hmm. and you torch that obviously with a flaming arrow. No, no, no. Produce flame. I'm not okay. going to waste an arrow. <laughs> I shoot a flame out of my hand at the thing and it just lights on fire. Makes sense. And so there's a huge burning plot in the center of town and you guys set up in your spots there. So you wait there um, and about a half an hour passes and still nothing seems to have come. And Baron kind of pokes his head up and over just to kind of take another look around as you've been doing. And settles back down and you feel kind of a, it's kind of a chilly night to begin with, but you feel kind of like a drop in the pressure. Everybody does. And then you hear a woman scream from the north end of town, like a shrill, loud scream. Okay, um, to the north end of town. And I... I jump off the roof and I throw guacamole out and I land on guacamole as she emerges as a giant owl. And I say, I'm badass! <laughs> and that's when my daughter <laughs> comes into the room. Um, okay. Yeah, so, you're... so that happens. And it's amazing. Every time. And I, and I and I gesture to Baron to jump on. And he's like, I don't know about jumping off of buildings. I'll run down. I'll, I'll catch up. Okay, we swoop down and... So you're all you're all on the owl, or you're just running on the streets now? Well, no, we're gonna ride the owl to the north oh, end, okay. get there yeah. as fast as we can. This poor sure. woman, uh, people are just disappearing. Yeah, you can't sure. lollygag. Um, so you run, and the, you hear the screaming um, a few times, um, and it sounds like it's coming from the direction of Baron's house. 
Oh, no, we never should have left her alone. Never split up the group. And you come down to the house. You make it there pretty quickly because you're flying over the city. It's not a big city. And you run up to the front door and you go in and Sasha is there screaming in the front room covered in blood. And it looks like the window has been blown out and the back door has been smashed down. There doesn't appear to be anything in the room except you see a green haze or mist. And she's screaming over and over. It's gone. It's gone. I don't know what it what it was, but I think I heard it. And it's big. Music in today's episode was by Kevin McLeod of incompetech.filmmusic.io. Dungeons and Dragons is a Dumb Dragons production. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 17.9 cycles ago, us machines defeated the humans. Now, we're living the good life here in Droidston, Manitoba. Morning, Gif! Morning, Gus! But... There's still the problem of human infestation. That's what it's time to call Human Be Gone. Experts in ethical human relocation. <laughs> this job has everything. Danger. Whoa, sounds like we got some dingers in there. Excitement. Incoming. And drama. You're the one who leaked herself in my best rice bed. It's a dirty job, but some bot's gotta do it. Oh! Human Be Gone, coming soon wherever you get your podcasts. Human Be Gone.